I just got stuck in a bogey train. And what you just heard was a nice little intro that we've been using for quite a long time now. Uh, Shout out to Noah J for that intro because I'm still waiting to hear back from Landon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this temporary intro is really we've gotten some gotten some real mileage out of it. Yeah, this. Uh, well, this might just be it. I'm not sure. It's one of those yeah. things where I'm getting ghosted. Is that can I use that term here? This is like I played a golf course the other day with a temporary clubhouse, but their temporary clubhouse has been there for 15 years. So, like, at what point does it stop becoming temporary? And just becoming is that, is that like clubhouse. is that like when you uh allegedly won the crown invite in 2019 when there was like <laughs> was six, six temporary there greens? Were six temporary greens allegedly won. Come on. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I didn't see it oh, with my own eyes. You weren't there? Also, that's why you won, probably. <laughs> yeah. I actually like I legitimately remember driving to that tournament thinking, hey, Nick's not here. I could really win this. Speaks uh, speaks volumes about so, you know. Now those those were back the true, in the, days the true was, alpha of the U. <laughs> those were back in the days when I was Austin scared Coyne. of Nick Mahold on the golf course. Yeah, Austin Coin. Shout out. I was I was uh, scared of him on the golf course too, but for other reasons. Uh, I don't know if we need to get into those today, but uh, welcome to episode forty-one of Bogey Train Podcast. Nick, as always, joined by Noah J today, an average John. Mm-hmm. We're back. What's good? We're here. We're doing it. Um, in Georgia, weather's phenomenal here. I was just in Colorado last weekend. Um, yeah, having a good time. What were you doing in Colorado? Uh, hanging out. Some uh, some friends. Hanging out. Played some golf. Went on some hikes. Had some food. That doesn't sound bad for a weekend. No. It was just like everything you could ask for in a weekend. And then some. So... Uh, I am, uh, in South Dakota still, I don't move a lot. Um, I played nine holes on the weekend Lovely. on Sunday. We had a, we had a nice, nice warm weekend for early November. It got up to into the upper sixties on Sunday, but it was, it had to be a top five windiest day I've ever played. That's insane. It was, it was pretty miserable. Um, I was curious, so after the round, I checked like what, what were those uh, what were those wind gauges clocking out there? And I saw it's like a steady thirty three dusting over fifty while I was out there. So it was one I mean, of those things like when you're walking, you sort of like you sort of figure out wh- which way you have to lean to like adjust for it. So you're like yeah. probably walking <laughs> slightly sideways, and then all of a sudden, when there's another gust, and like there was a couple times I could have fallen over. Dude, I don't know if I've ever even felt a 50 mile an hour gust. That's really fast. It's. And, uh, you know, I don't golf these days as much as I used to. So, you know, if it's been a few weeks between rounds, I usually spend my first like four or five holes figuring out how to hit the ball again. It's basically get off to a horrible start because it's just absolutely scrappy ball striking, just slapping it around and then kind of, you know, kind of get into a little groove. And I actually started playing well, but I just did not feel like playing another nine in those conditions. Uh, I've heard, I've heard South Dakota was windy, but 
I mean, yes, Pass. but I don't know. That it could be a cliche. It, it, we do get wind, but it's not like you know, like in college, Coach Honey be like, "Oh, you're from South Dakota, you know wind." I'm like, "Yeah, but the wind blows in Minnesota too." It does. It that's true. That's fair. It that's a funny comparison from South Dakota to Minnesota. But like, I probably told you this before, but it's almost like wind doesn't exist here. I play golf. I played golf a lot the last couple of weeks. I guess, yeah, that's I mean, fair. I guess when I was, I was thinking of the difference between like South Dakota and Minnesota, but yeah, yeah you're a totally different funny. part of the country. That's, yeah, that's true. You're, you're talking, yeah, Minnesota, Iowa, the Dakotas, possibly some of the windiest areas in the States. Yeah. That's just up there. Definitely up there. Um, You said you golf today. I did. I played the UGA course, which if you want a funny backstory on the UGA course, um, I was looking this up a couple weeks ago uh, to see just who designed it. It was Robert Trent Jones who made the course. I want to say like in the early 60s. I could be wrong about that, but it was near near then. And to fund the project, they added like $1.70 to every student's activity fee. That's how they funded the project, a buck seventy. So, um, kind of like the UGA uh, course. The, I mean, it's not. It's kind of like, but actually not at all. But this is what I thought of: uh, the state of Minnesota just selling those pull tabs to pay for the stadium. U of Bank Stadium. <laughs> kind of. They they, they paid they off their on, they paid off on, their debt thirty years early. Yeah, they put on University of Minnesota students. Ought to have to pay for them. Yeah. Um, but I uh, got up to a hot start. I was like one under through six and then made a couple doubles and then got on the bogey train and ended up shooting like, Oh, so geez. got on well, the bogey train. No, I was right. I was on the bogey train for way too long, but what could have been that round? Um, fun. Got it's like, uh, yeah. Um, my senior year at Northwestern when we went to, uh, Eagle Ridge, Galena, Mm-hmm. Do you remember that course? Yeah, I remember it being kind of hard. We played yeah, there again pretty, after you left. Pretty tough course. Um, mm-hmm. And I, the second day, I was like bogey free through 11 holes, like a few under. Yeah. Playing like playing really good, but got in my own head definitely. And I think I ended up shooting like 78. <laughs> it was, it was tough. I think I tripled my last hole. You just, you, <laughs> so tough. Yeah, you hate to see it for sure. Oh, uh, those rounds. What could have been? But yeah, yeah, I was feeling good and then just kind of was on just bled. Yeah, whatever. But Do I have one that's even worse than that. Uh my first year. So before you were even there, we did a duel with St. Thomas at TPC Twin Cities. Yep. I was two under through eight and shot 85. <laughs> oh my dude. Yeah. That that's an all timer. That might have been one of that has to be one of the longer bogey trains. Well, it it was yeah. like it was less of a bogey train and more like a triple train. Like it, <laughs> I was two hundred through eight, I quadded nine, and then I think I finished like triple bogey, 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 double bogey, double bogey to finish or something. It was good thing you good thing you uh like padded yourself at the beginning of the round because it could have been like a hundred had you not started yeah, off well. That's true. That's true. Like if we just flipped that around, like if I was 
you know, True. Fif- 15 over through uh, 10. Yeah. And but, but then, you know, came in in two under to salvage yeah. an 85. It's just, you know, it's yeah. all about perspective. Storyline. Yeah. Then, then you're telling a much different story down the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, also heard about a strange, you know what, before that, I got to just, just because I was feeling myself, uh, one of the, so I had like a, when I played on Sunday, just a horrible start. Like first couple holes were downwind, downwind par four, downwind par five, played them in one over, which was not good. And then hole three was straight back into the wind. It's a hole. I usually have like a driver and like a wedge, usually like a sand wedge or gap wedge. Yeah. Actually, last year, one time I had 93 yards in. So it's usually driver wedge, usually. But there was a pond on the right and it was straight into the wind. I, I hit like a 90 yard slice into the headwind, right into the water. I dropped and hit like my three wood. Uh, I didn't even laser the flag. I'm just like, whatever. I'm playing into a 50 mile an hour wind. I'm hitting three wood. I went long right of the green, like way right. And I was under some pine trees. Pin was like way left side of the green. I probably had like 40 yards, made it for par. And then the next hole I hit a four iron from like, no, no, no. Next hole was a par three. Nice little three putt. Bogey. The hole after that was into the wind again. I hit a four iron from like 162 for my approach. That's about what the wind was doing. And then the whole after fun. that was, was uh whole after that was par five straight into the wind. I don't even know what yardage it was playing, but I managed to hit like a like a knuckleball draw driver, like the perfect driver, the perfect shot for into the wind, mm-hmm. and had two fifty or two twenty remaining to the hole, and then hit a hit a uh my three wood again. It like never got more than like twelve feet off the ground, like right onto the green. Had like twenty sick. feet for eagle. So a little two putt bird, just uh, to I don't know. Kind of feel salvage, good. Getting a birdie salvage, into the salvage, wind, salvage, salvage the day a little bit. Yeah. Then the eighth was a par three. I hit wedge from or gap wedge from one fifty to like two feet. And made another bird. Yeah, you kind of on a roll then. I know. I was. I. I told you. Like, I started feeling it, but I just. Why didn't you play the back nine? Then couldn't do it, man. It was just too windy. Had to go what? home and fly a kite. I had to. Yeah, I had to come home and watch the Vikings game. Well, I had to watch the highlights of it because it was going on while I was golfing. But that's neither here nor there. Well, that game came up. So my last like four holes day, I like. It was slow. These two guys kind of caught me from behind. I'm like, hey, you are. Oh, yeah, you're in Georgia. Yeah, it's probably a soft subject down there. It literally was. They, they, they like, you know, they caught up to me. I was like, hey, uh, it's really slow. You guys want to, like, join up for the last four holes? They're like, yeah, totally. So we started, like, playing, whatever, and, like, a hole in. We're, like, waiting on the next hole and just kind of chit-chatting. I'm like, hey, what are you, like, what are you guys doing? You guys students here? They're like, yeah, whatever, and. They kind of asked me what I was doing. And I'm like, yeah, like, where are you from? Whatever. I told him from Minnesota. And the one guy just like shakes his head. He's like, that game last weekend was just brutal. I'm like, yeah, it was incredible, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was funny. They just like. Their coach they, probably they needs to be get, fired. They couldn't get over it. 
which actually kind of surprising because most guys I meet down here don't really care about the Falcons. The other guy didn't really care, but this the one guy that that was talking about it was just like he was bent up. But they put some. I mean, they were like impressed. How could you not be impressed by like just kind of what happened, the storyline? But well, I mean, it's it's definitely not a great look. Like if your team is losing to a team whose no. quarterback has been there for three exactly. days. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's it was, you know it, like. It was like a he like gave a rant and then at the end was like but like credit to Josh Dobbs like that was pretty incredible what he did kind of that was yeah. the kind of situation their coach probably should be fired dude the Falcon I mean ever since dude ever since the the uh, Super Bowl loss to the Patriots it's I tough. Don't know. they haven't really been they haven't really been much of a that is much true of anything but. Uh, all right what i was gonna get into or you said you had a weird dining yes, experience i don't know I what that means weird... but i kind of want to hear about it well it just it just happened so it's on my mind but i like went downtown athens to get a burger because there's like this i just wanted a burger and there's these like two burger shops downtown that have like my favorite burger i'm like all right sweet i'll just like bring a book read a little bit eat a burger have a just kind of a chill night um, um, cause like most of my buddies are busy and I couldn't really get a hold of anyone. So I'm like, I still want a burger. Gonna go get some, whatever. So I go downtown and both these burger places are like packed. So I couldn't get in. I was like, all right, I know a place that's literally no one ever goes to kind of in the corner places? of town. Are we doing Those that again? Like, oh, the places that I'll go the other burger place. Um, so I, so I go to this, I'm like, all right, there's literally no one ever here. I'll be able to sit down whenever I get a burger. No time. And I show up, and that place is also weirdly busy. I'm like, this is kind of crazy. Every place is busy tonight. But I order, I order a burger, whatever, sit down. And I was like, I like crack out my book, start to read. And like 10 minutes later, I kind of peek around. And there's like, I mean, this place is literally packed, and everyone's dead silent, also reading a book. I'm like, am I in an episode of The Twilight Zone right now? Everyone else is doing the exact same thing I'm doing. And this like chick comes out like 10 minutes later or something and she's like welcome to silent book club we're gonna be starting to read in like five minutes whatever i'm like this is so like it just it wasn't like crazy it was just like so weird that i like happened to be doing the exact same thing as everyone else in like in a book i just was reading but there's a book club going on i just like no. slipped in and became part of it yeah. was it was sur- it was surreal it was just weird it'd be funny if they're all reading the same book you were reading <laughs> that would I would run away. I would be terrified. Um, it was okay. Weird. And and it was just kind of weird. Now maybe I'm just uncultured and haven't been exposed to this. But like going and like reading a book while eating a burger, that doesn't seem like a common activity. Like I I feel like you might like read while like at a coffee shop or something. But like going to get a burger and reading, like I feel like that's just yeah. not something that's... you would see people do a lot, which makes your experience that much weirder. Yeah, it's well, it's not the most common. It was like kind of a pub, kind of a place where you would do that. Oh, okay. But, but still, it was just it. I mean, I don't know. It was just so surreal. So that just that was it. That was you know that uh, honestly that that brings me to a couple other things that I just you know you brought them up. So I want to like books. What do you read? I, I like there's a part of me that kind of wants to get into reading dude you 
You totally should. Um, you want to see this couple that I just read? Yeah. On my desk right here. Um, this book is this is the Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. Oh yeah, one of his, good one. which is phenomenal. Seven Days in Utopia. <laughs> I only watch the movie. Oh okay. I only go to the website actually. Did you make the pot.com? Did you make the pot.com? Um, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. I'm on a C.S. Oh, Lewis kick a lot, right of, now. a lot of C.S. Well, have you read I'm the actually, screw tape letters? Yes, very good. I'm reading the space trilogy of C.S. Lewis right now. That's what I was reading tonight. The first one in the space trilogy. Um, this one I read about a month ago. Um, it's called Why Do I Do What I Don't Want to Do? Written by a pastor that is um, at a church down in Texas. Um, I read Jordan Peterson's for second and third books. Um, if you've heard of 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. I have. I have not read very, it. Very, very, very good book. That was very good. The sec- The sequel to that was solid too, but the first one's phenomenal. Um, so like a lot of philosophy and like, I guess these are religion books, but. So that, that's no, that's no Harry Potter. Well, that's what I'm starting right now. I like needed a break from this, like these like thinking books. So now I'm just reading like a good, just a good old story. All right. And it's, that's good. Great. I'm having a great time. I got it actually. Cause I flew out to Colorado like last Friday. I got it on Amazon a couple days prior so I could read it on the plane. Big plane book reader. That's my go-to. All right. On the plane, but yeah. Been I've been flipping through the pages quite rapidly recently. Uh another question that came up in my brain while you were talking about your dining experience. I know like there's a lot of people that would just never like go out and eat like by themselves. Like, mm-hmm. is that like, I know you're like, you know, try to reach out to buddies or whatever, but like, th- is that something you thought about or like, just don't care. Like you just go out for oh, a bite to I, eat on your own. I, it's kind of, it started when I started work last summer, we would just get done with work. And like, sometimes we would go out for dinner. Sometimes some of us had something going on. Um, but now just I'll go out to dinner, solo restaurant. No problem. I don't know. I, I kind of like it. It's kind of fun, but all right. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I, I I could definitely like see myself doing that. It's just, you know, some people are like, Oh, I would never want to be that guy. Just like go out and like getting food or like people would see like Mm -hmm. someone like, you know, go out to eat and just by themselves and be like, Oh, that's so depressing. But like, not really. No, it's, it's no, it's not like sad. It's just, I can totally see where you could, you get uncomfortable. Cause it's sometimes it is weird. Like being like solo when everyone else is with a group when you're like, you're the solo person eating, but I don't know if you're having a good time. It's not weird at all. But would you consider yourself an extrovert? Yes. Okay. For sure. Big time. So maybe that's a little bit different because I would say I'm definitely an introvert. Yeah. So like maybe that is part of it. I just like to be in a place where people are talking. Even if like you're not part of the group, just like being out. Like if I had the choice of just eating a burger at my place, you know, like watching TV or going out somewhere and eating, like I'd probably go out. Oh, wow. See, that's what, yeah, I would, I would disagree with that entirely. Yeah. So, and that was literally what happened. I was like, I don't want to, I was like, I just don't want to be here. I want a burger. 
Gonna go get a burger. But interesting. All right. Um. Do you have a beef of the week? Because mm. I kind of have one, and it would it would be a very clean transition from what we were just talking about. Go ahead. So. This is what I just thought of like a few minutes before we started recording. Um, people like pretending that introverts don't exist. Like, like there's a, there's a few different settings. Like I could, like I was having a conversation with some friends of ours and uh, I don't know how detailed I want to get here, but they were talking about, like um a church experience where like a place that they've gone that each and every like service is they're like in in the first half of it at some point there's like a five to seven minute break where they're supposed to just like basically where the idea is to just like meet people and like if you and if you like see someone that's by themselves is like to make a point to go up and like introduce them and welcome them and everything. Yep. Which totally 100% get that it's coming from a good place. But like, if that, if that was me, I would probably never come back. Yeah, no, I dude, I totally see how some people would be like, I don't like, I don't want this at all. Like anything but this. Yeah. Just let me listen to the service and yeah. get out of here. Yeah. Like, um, people you know and i think it's even emphasized even more if it's like someone you've never seen there mm-hmm. right so it's like oh you know you know make sure they feel welcome and everything like so imagine maybe it's you know someone who's single and in their 20s or whatever just like trying to find a place to go and then just like kind of trying different places out like yeah. if if you're that like you're not really trying to get involved you're just trying to like feel it out like see what it's about and everything and then if everyone came up to you and was like introducing like some people that's what they want they're like well if i just went there and no one greeted me like they're just acting like i don't exist that's because like if they're you know more extroverted like that but like if it was me yeah like my preference would be like to be invisible yeah just don't like why do you it, have to go out of your way it's like say anything yeah you. yeah so Honestly, i just I, yeah it, it just had me thinking totally like see that you know um and there's also another like just yeah what what are your thoughts on that and then i have another like side of it too i it it's no it is funny i totally see that and even though i would like really enjoy talking to people like i would enjoy that i don't think that i would prefer that either i think i would prefer just like not that, and then maybe say hi to like someone who works at the church afterwards. If I want to get to know what the church is about, mm-hmm. like I'd be like, I don't, you guys don't need to go out of your way to just, just cause I'm never been here before, even though I would like, I would love doing it. I would love chit chatting with people. Yeah. I think it would just be, it would still feel kind of weird. But I just didn't know if I was being too cynical or, um, but and then I like so a good I like a good like minute of just greeting the people around you. Mm-hmm. That's a, they said you know, like they, they said this little like this time. little intentional time is specifically like five to seven minutes. 
Like that's. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a, like, that's a conversation. You're holding uh, yeah, a conversation. I, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, then another aspect of this is like from like a, like a customer service, like sort of angle where like a lot it's like sometimes places will get like negative reviews from people if if they like walk into say a store and they're there for a certain amount of time and like a person doesn't come up and like oh say say hi like ask if they need help looking for something like there's people that will leave negative reviews if someone didn't come up to them that's just, I think that's just like psycho. But like, I am the complete opposite. Like if I'm yeah. now, I mean, it depends what kind of place I'm in, right? Like if I'm, if I'm in a store that like, if I'm searching for, like, if I'm looking for a gift for someone that is like, and someone's like, you know, into whatever it is, but I'm not, and I don't know anything about sure, it. Sure. Then, but like, if I'm in a store that, you know, like if I'm going into a golf store, right? Like. And some, and if someone comes up to me and is like, "Hey, like, do you need help looking for anything?" I, I feel like the Ron Swanson meme, you know, from <laughs> from Parks and Rec. Like, just look at him. I know more than you. <laughs> yeah, like talking to me. Like, I I would just much rather like have nobody come up and like ask. But then again, maybe I'm just super introverted. So yeah. Um. But yeah, so just like. Just like the way things are taught, the way things like just those are two examples I could think of, but it's just like assuming everybody is an extrovert. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And like, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. And and assuming that's like the standard for stuff. Yeah. When it doesn't have to be. But that's funny, dude. That's like. Sometimes I feel like that because. In the golf sphere, too. When I was at Minicata, I always was like, man, if I was a member at a private club, I would just want to be like, I would just want to do my own thing. I just like want to be able to go to the range, throw my headphones on rather than have like people asking me if they can carry my bag everywhere. That makes sense. Uh, But at the same time, like, like I don't want, it's weird. I don't want them to like feel like they need to help me, but I love chit chatting with them. So kind of a weird, however that works, but all right, I've got a question for you, Nick. All right. So I was looking at the events going on at this uh, this pub that's kind of by my house because sometimes they do like um, open mic nights that are funny to go listen to. Sometimes they have like shows, whatever. <clears throat> but this Thursday, well, this Thursday and Friday, I guess, there's a Star Wars trivia going on. So I sent this oh, to my, my buddy. I'm like, I'm like, we got to go to this. He's like, dude, check out the time frame on that. So I open, I open the uh, like the whatever the thing back up, and this is what it says: November 9th at seven p.m. through November tenth at nine a.m. What? So does that mean that there's no trivia going way. on from November 9th at seven p.m. until November tenth at nine a.m.? What? Right? There's no way that's that's what I'm right. saying. That's what I'm saying. I. I can't believe it, but it's like on the website and everything else is accurate. Wait, so Friday night into Saturday. That's what it says. It says, well, no, it'd be, th- it would be Thursday, Thursday, Thursday night, night into, into Friday? Friday morning. Jeez, dude. What? Like, why? Why is it that long? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what do they have a thousand questions to get through? 
Or I mean, I'm gonna... sure there's a I'm sure there's a lot of Star Wars trivia, but I, yeah, I just maybe I can find some more info. But I I couldn't believe it when he sent me that back. I'm like, it has to be like, but I don't think it's wrong up. either because I feel like why would you why would it be if they messed up and it was p.m. and p.m. Why would you have one at seven and one at nine? So I. Th- I think it's right. Like, I think the time is right, but I don't So it's understand. just 14 hours of trivia? Yeah, I guess so. That's a marathon, man. That's seriously. Like, are they watching every movie and then doing a couple of trivia questions? It's like open note. <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of want to go, but it says... What a grind. Thursday. All right, let me open this up. I don't know why Thursday at 7 until Friday at 9 a.m. Oh, that's, dude, I don't, here's what, here's what every other trivia thing says. Uh, Like Thursdays, 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. that night. That's got to be what it is then, 7 to 9, right? It has to. It has to be it. Until November 10th. <laughs> but I do like the idea of a 14-hour trivia marathon. It would be kind of funny. Did you have a beef of the week? Yes, I do have a beef of the week. Um, so, as I just said, I was in Colorado for the weekend, right? Um, my beef of the week was is thin air where there's no oxygen. We went on the oh. s- smallest hike ever. And as soon as you start to say something, you start to consume a reasonable amount of oxygen. You can't breathe anymore. So I was just, I thought I was in shape. I've been golfing a lot, walking a lot, but man, it just, the Colorado air just not literally knocks the wind out of you. That's tough. It was tough. So would you be able to play a uh, football game at mile high stadium? No, no chance. Maybe a play. Maybe half a play. I'd get through one route. Half of a play. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are we doing which beauties? Is, which is, yeah, we should. But which is weird because the Broncos, while they train in low oxygen, should be then like really good against other teams. Although they did beat the Chiefs. So maybe they are coming around. It but was in, just, it was in Denver. Them. Maybe that's why. Probably, dude. And by probably, I mean definitely, because I just experienced it, and that's for sure the reason why. So, in, uh, I I don't know if that's sure the I, I don't think the Broncos had beaten the Chiefs since like 2016. I don't know. So I, I think football players are just like in better, like a lot better shape than I am right now too. So it probably speaking of the NFL, them. are the Dolphins frauds? What do you mean? I mean. They've destroyed some bad teams this year. They've also like not looked great against one against good teams. They didn't look great last week. It's lots of the Chiefs just, over in Frankfurt. Yeah, I don't. I think it's just like they're such an offensive team that if their offense doesn't get rolling, they just I don't know. They just don't get it done. Crazy that they put up 70 on the Broncos yeah. earlier this year. 
And then the Broncos beat the Chiefs. Yeah, and then Chiefs beat us. So that's kind of a little rock paper scissors uh, situation we got going. Exactly. On. Yeah, everyone's better than everyone. <laughs> the wonderful world of sports, man. Uh, a beauty, a beauty at all. Beauty of the week. Hmm. Beauty of the week is a Rocky Mountain sunset. So both my beef and beauty come in the same state, but okay. I would go through the low oxygen levels to experience another Colorado Rockies sunset. That's that's a good one. That's probably hard to top. It was phenomenal. Yeah. We uh we were up on a rooftop the second night I was there watching it too. It's just like there for a while, got to see it all go down. Sweet. Right. It was sweet. Phenomenal. So the simple one. Um went out to eat Friday night uh with my wife and another couple. And you know, just something you uh, don't always appreciate or or order but just like there's a good old-fashioned root beer like with the right meal yeah did you did you get a brand do you know what brand it was or i think it was 1919 okay good that's good stuff yeah dude i love a good root beer yeah that'll be that'll be my beauty for this week yeah I love a good root beer. I love a good cream soda. You ever have cream soda? Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Honestly, I might like it more than root beer. But they're kind that's, of same that's level fair. for me. They're kind of same that's level fair. for me. Like it's crazy how many years I slept on A&W. You slept and, on uh, Not like down? the root beer, like as in like the fast food joint. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have never wanted to stop there, but like the last couple of years, it's had like a renaissance in my life. Really? And you go, yeah, you get you get like a burger or whatever, and then a root beer freeze. It's A and W root beer, so it's already phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like it tastes just like a root beer float, except it has the perfect consistency of like Mm. it's uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's almost like a blended root beer float. Yeah, I might I might offend some people here, but I would much rather prefer just a root beer. Than a rub your float depends on the circumstance for me i don't like i just like the rub your flavor and i also don't like the crust like the crispy brown parts of the ice cream that develops you know what i'm saying when you that's why you gotta get a freeze float. you don't have any of that you gotta get a freeze man it's just it's it's basically just like yeah it's all blended so it's yeah. like a that's that's smart because also when you have a root beer float, it's like, do you use a spoon or a straw? You need both. You need two different utensils I know. I, to eat. This, yeah, to that's true. That's true. Beverage. It's like, do I drink this or do I eat this? You, yeah, yeah. That's so true. Is that like beef of the week? Low key, might root be, beer float. <laughs> new beef of the week. <laughs> root beer float. All right. Literally, no, like a fair. shake. Like a shake, you can pick. You can be like, I'll take the straw. It'll make me eat it slow. Sometimes I'll have to suck kind of hard to get it going. Or I'll take the spoon and really finish it, you know, finish it fast. But rub your float. You, you need, you have to have both. I, yeah, I, don't know. I usually go just a spoon for rub your float, and then like once it gets, once it gets like melted enough, then you just then you drink it. 
Then you just drink it from yeah. whatever cup or glass. Sure, that's fair. That's probably the most practical way to attack it. Um. So now that it's November, I thought of um, doing a little like look back on our Thanksgiving episode last year. Um, we got, we did one of those one of our snake draft Mount Rushmore foursomes deal. I forget what we were calling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were building a, uh, a Thanksgiving dinner, obviously. But then once an item is off the board, you can't can't pick it if someone else did. Do we? And basically, I was just doing this to dunk on you. Do we do we do it now or do we wait All for right, Jenks to be here? I think you, we could just. I think we could just this do is it. Good. Um, I mean, you need a win. You, this might be your one win in recent, you know, times. So I think. I mean, I haven't put anything out for a vote in quite a long time. I think. I think I won the Taylor Swift thing. The the uh, what the. Oh, the list of songs? Yeah. I don't know. I can't even remember them. There's so many songs flying around. I can't remember. I was just I was just claiming victory. I don't even remember who had what. Yeah. Uh but I do remember that you had it it was quite a it was quite a setup. Stuffing, pour on the cob, gravy, and juice. Yeah, well, I think it was uh, sparkling Welch's grape juice, to be specific. Okay. Um, which is actually quite an important distinction. Um, look, I'm not proud per se of my list, but I'll st- but I'll stand by. I stand by it. I still love all those all those things. So, what, so does the gravy go on the stuffing? Then is that the? Because like, if not, there's not a lot for the gravy to go on. Well, I guess my I guess I'm hoping that there's more to the meal than that. Like that's kind of the core four elements, and you can I the guess core make, four, you know. But but sure, all right. Put the gravy on. Probably not the corn. You probably that can't be the probably, corn. Probably not probably the not juice. The, probably not the juice. So yeah, it probably is the stuffing um, when it comes down to it. But yeah, I just thought that would be. Uh... So, you know, just, just give you maybe a chance to recant or um, anything like that. But you you stand by this. Yeah. Look, yes. For the record, let the record show, I, I would gladly eat any of those things. And I'm happy. Um, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. I'm I'll, I stand behind it. Maybe not happy that that's how my list uh, turned out, but I'm still here for it. Well, um, we will let the record reflect that uh fall golf is is fall golf really like like what's it like in georgia like is it you know growing up in the midwest where you have a a very distinct fall and winter all that sort of thing like fall golf has a certain feel like does it Mm -hmm. what's it like there um i mean it's not as good as the Midwest because you just don't get falls like the Midwest down here. You don't get the colors. You don't get all the leaves changing same time. Um, it, it It's like a lot more, I don't know. Like I played today and it felt like if you took a winter trip and went down to Florida and played golf, 
Like mm-hmm. the grass, it's all Bermuda grass, so it doesn't grow when it gets below like 80 degrees. So it's all dormant. It's all brown. Um, it's a little soft. Um, so everything down there is dormant right now? Yeah, all the grass is. Yeah, and all the trees have lost their leaves. Um, so it, it almost feels like winter. I don't know, but there's like leaves on the ground. Interesting. So, but it's fine. It's like... It's the same, but it's just not as pretty because the weather's fine. Yeah. So it obviously doesn't get as cold. Yeah. Like it was 78 degrees today, but it's it's just the course is brown, um, which you get used to after a while, but it is kind of weird. It's not, yeah. but it's not, it's not, it's no Midwest fall golf. That's, I mean, that's the problem bad. is like the, you know, the, the hailed fall golf. I mean, what is there like maybe a four week window where it's really good? Yeah. You know, because first couple of weeks of September, you could say first three weeks of September at least. I mean, that's still summer. You know, it's still the weather's pretty much summer. So then you're basically into like a couple of weeks of October. That's really like fall golf, fall golf. But you could have some you could have some atrocious weather mm-hmm. at that point. But um I don't know. That could be. A... I don't know. It's 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 really. It's awesome, but it's also depressing at the same time. Just because you know, like, you know, this could be my last round for the next six yeah. months. Well, it's funny when we were talking about your round, your windy round. You made a comment that was like, "I felt like I had to go out and play. Like it might be my last round, so I felt like I almost had like a duty to myself to just go out and." and get this round in before it gets cold, which I have felt so much whenever fall comes around in, in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And even if there's like, like if there's a nice day that, that comes up on the forecast a couple of days down the road, I'm like, I have to go Like I'll drop everything I, I have just so I can, because I know that, and it's almost not that I really want to play. It's just, I know that like a couple weeks later, I'll have regretted not playing. <laughs> Yeah, which is weird, but it's like future me will be upset that I didn't play on this nice day if I don't. So, well, and like since moving, like I don't really have, you know, a whole whole lot of dudes I can just like call up quick and be like, you want to you want to go golf, you know? So like most times it's just kind of me by myself, and it's just never like as. I mean, it's not not fun, but it's just not the way it has been in the past, you know, like when, mm-hmm. whether it's like when you're at school and it's with golf teammates or if it's, you know, with any other like golfing buddies, you know, it's just, just doesn't hit quite the same, but yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, we can just roll it into now. This is a very general topic, but we just want to do like some of the best things and some of the worst things about golf. Mm. We start with the good or start with the bad. Let's start with let's start with the good because I think the good will be fun and but I think the good will be nice to start with, but I think the bad will be will be funnier. All right, that's fair. So, here's something I was thinking about today, actually, when I went out and golfed. Um, if you're especially if you're a walker and you play golf, like. If you regularly play golf, 
that just becomes your exercise and you just will get in shape from doing something fun, which mm-hmm. is like, I don't know. I just like, I'm so happy that golf is at least still a, like somewhat of an, a sport. It's like at least an activity. Like you, you get more in shape when you do it. If you watch. Yeah. But. Yeah. So that, that was your first thing. Yeah, that's just kind of a, it's kind of a good, it's definitely a good, kind of just a simple good, but. Uh, This one's, this one's very simple. Uh, Just like the feeling of flushing a golf shot. Mm -hmm. Maybe the best part of golf, quite possibly. Mm -hmm. Just like hitting one right in the screws, whether it's an iron shot, whether it's a drive, anything, just like that first like millisecond of that came off the face mm-hmm. perfectly. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Um, another great thing about golf is usually you're playing with like people in a group, you know, like group of three or four guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just an excuse to hang out. It's almost like it's almost like going to dinner with someone. It's like, let's go do this thing so we can hang out. But we're not just hanging out. We're doing a thing as well. So that gets us there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, uh, another good thing would be, now it's not perfect the way the system is, but I mean, at least there is a system in place, like handicap system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to where, you know, someone who is, even a very accomplished amateur could play a relatively, I mean, you know, say this loosely, but a relatively even match. Like there's an objective way to set up a match between a 20 handicap and a scratch golfer. Yeah. Which is super cool. Well, and even to that point beyond that, it's like you can literally play golf with anyone, someone who's just starting the game. You can play with them. If if you don't have to compete, you can still go play and have fun. Like, People I played with in Colorado, we're all we're all different skill levels, but we still yeah. all four of us got to play and we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Like there's just not really any other sport that you can do that. Mm-hmm. Big that's a big plus. Was that was that yours or do you have another one? Um that was kind of mine. You go ahead if you got one. Um, so I might use this one both ways, but it is one of the few, um, it's one of the few sports you can play at the college level that you can still play like in Mm -hmm. a very organized capacity, like down the road without going pro. Yeah, sure. So like, you know, someone plays college football, like, and they're not going to play football professionally like there's not a lot of organized tackle football yeah after their last college game but like you know ever since college i've still played in a handful of tournaments every year and there's always a chance like if you get your game up to a certain level that there's literally always a chance you could play in a professional event yeah and this is like this is the other part of that is because of this aspect of golf so many people that played other sports growing up, whether it's through high school or college or whatever, and they're still very competitive, they get into mm-hmm. golf. Yeah. 
And yeah. so like, you'll see a lot of guys from other sports, like when they get into their, you know, mid late twenties, like they become golfers when, you know, they would have never thought of playing golf at any competitive capacity, like when they were kids. Yeah, that is true. Um, this is, kind, I mean, not the same as my first point, but similar. Um, but when you play golf, it's about four hours spent outside, which not every sport is outside. Mm-hmm. Few of them are actually. And I don't know. I just like being outdoors. So I like that it's four hours outside and not four hours inside of a gym. Yeah. True. Um, early morning dew sweeping rounds. Are you sign, about that? Sign me up. Yeah. You can see if someone if someone hit a putt already, you can see the read on the green. Yeah. A little tiger vision for free. Yeah, when when it's like oh, wow. when it's chilly oh, enough late. where you need you need to pull over in the morning, but then like as the round goes off, or like goes along, then it just gets warmer. Perfect. How about late evening sunset golf too? Playing until it's dark and you can't even see your ball. Dude, I could not even tell you the last time I did that. Really? Yeah. I could, could not tell you the la- last time I played till dark. Uh, actually, I have a picture on my phone. Maybe like a couple years ago, I was playing with a buddy. We played about till dark. But yeah, I don't get a lot of, uh, not a lot of Twilight golf these days. Really? But growing up, tons of memories of it, though. Yeah. You just are, are out at the course, just like, just buzzing around till it's dark. So fun. Yeah. You play until you literally you keep playing until you hit a shot and just lose your ball because it's dark. You didn't yeah. hit a bad shot, you just lost it because you can't find it. That is yes, fun. sir. Oh, Sign me up. Um this is okay, here's one. This is like maybe a little more specific just to me, or like you know, how I look at it. Maybe I don't know. Um, but growing up, not really a lot of people did that. So like being, I don't know, it's kind of like a, a unique thing. Like there weren't exactly, uh, you know, a ton of people like my age out at the golf course a lot, or like that, you know, cared about it or developed a talent for it or anything. So it's mm-hmm. kind of unique. And then it kind of goes into the, um, you know, people that discover golf at a later age, and you're just like, yeah, buddy. Like I've been here the whole time. Yeah, where you know, have you like, been? been? Yeah, yeah. Where have you been? This whole life, yeah. Yeah. Here's one that's definitely hits me personally, but like, let's say you're playing basketball, your court's the same. Let's say you're playing football, the football stadium. You know, save the actual stadium design. It's the same, right? Thing you're playing on. Same in golf. Yards. In golf, you're literally playing on on a work of art. Like yeah. somebody made that somebody designed it somebody created mm-hmm. it the amount of thought that went into it yeah and like it it it's literally like a canvas of dirt and grass and they sculpted it like a sculpture and then now we're playing a competitive sport on a work of art which is just i think is so cool yeah something that really sets it apart and mm-hmm. to the point that like i've had so many rounds of golf where I just have forgotten about even playing golf or I've even stopped playing golf altogether and just like, you know, just 
kind of hit a couple shots and mm-hmm. finished around, whatever. I can't imagine playing basketball and just like stopping and admiring the rim. You know, it's just, it's, it's so unique. Yeah. And then this, this builds off that, um, the fact that, especially for stroke play that, I mean, in one sense, you're, the golfers are playing against each other, but really they're all just playing against the course. Yes, for sure. And it's whoever does the best against the course. And, and so an aspect from that is, you know, if you're fortunate enough, you can play rounds of golf on courses where some of the pros have played the biggest tournaments in the world. So there's that way that you can sort of compare yourself to like, oh, like Rory hit a shot from here yeah. or like this guy eagled this hole or whatever. Um, whereas like, you know, like you were saying basketball, every basketball court is the same. Like mm-hmm. if you go and like make a layup, there's a, at, there's a standard size for yeah, if, like every if, other sport. Really? If you go and you, like, if you go and just make a layup at a staple center, right. It doesn't matter because I mean, there's no, there's no context of like, yeah the tallest guys on planet earth guarding you. And like, you know, you can't, you can't replicate that at all. Yeah. Yep. You know, but like, you know, Oh, I'm going to take True. this shot that Curry took. But it's like, no, he had three guys draped on him, the best defenders in the world. Yeah. But like, whereas like I've played Hazeltine, which is, you know, not saying a lot. I mean, there's a lot of cooler courses out there, but just as um, an example of like, you know, I birdied the same hole Phil Mickelson birdied. Yeah. Right. Like, yep. Or you can even beat up, you can beat pros on holes, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that is cool. You can go to the spot where Roy McAvoy hit four balls into the water in a row. Yeah. Cost himself the U.S. Yeah. Open. Yeah, see if you can carry the water. Now, now that we have these, these out-of-control golf balls, probably will. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I, I could list so many off because it's literally my profession now. But, mm-hmm. I mean, so many just – it's it it can go beyond – and I know other sports can do this, can go beyond sports and become more something like like a pseudo-religion, but I think golf, more than any other sport, can do that. How so? Like, you can get into the uh, like the spirit of football, you know, and playing your one eleventh part on the team, mm-hmm. you know, and it can be it can be greater than just running around and catching a ball and scoring a point. It's like, no, I'm fighting with a team, doing my part and trusting my boys to do their part. Um, but. In a round of golf, I mean, how many times have you heard like some writer or poet write about a round of golf as if it's like their life, you know, and you get bad breaks and good breaks and, mm-hmm. and you just keep going and it's you out there. It's you alone. You're fighting against the course. It's not like you said, it's not like you're against other people. I don't know. I, it just, for a lot of people, it's, it's a little bit more than just hitting a ball. I don't, it's, I don't know. It's pretty. I think anyone that gets into golf understands why, but I think it like it speaks to life more than a lot of other things speak to life. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, but no, it does. Totally makes sense. Um, 
Should we move on to the the dark side? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're in a good spot right now. Do we want to taint it? I don't know. It, yeah, yeah, we really should. Yeah. All right, so after we were singing all of its praises and just, you know, drooling over it, bowing at the feet of golf. Yeah. Now let's just here's, tear it to shreds. Here's something Here's something that doesn't like golf is my bank account doesn't like golf. Bingo, dude. Man, golf can get expensive, and especially yeah. some of the places you really want to go play. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of angles to that, like equipment, you know, for... Like if, mm-hmm. if someone's like, you know what, like a lot of my friends golf, like I'm trying to get into golf, like, like, you know, like, how do I get into the sport? Like, it's like, okay, well, do you have a few thousand dollars, you know, because whether it's greens fees and equipment or, you know, all the, like, I mean, you know, that's, that's a part of it. Unfortunately, seriously, seriously. you know, if, if you were, st- if you were starting from scratch with equipment, I mean, you know, you could get a decent, like, complete set, like, box set for, um, you know, like, six, 600 to, you know, 600 to 1,000, somewhere in there. Yeah, you could probably like, get one even, like, even cheaper than that. You could probably get one, one, that, one, one that you could, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of depends. Like, do you want what sort of quality? Like, do you want, you know, yeah, a, a club that you can slap a golf ball with? Okay, then you could go less than that but do you want like something that's fairly nice but and then you know greens fees and yeah that's what gets it's just every time you want to go do it it's like yeah the cheap end you're talking 30 40 bucks to if you want to walk and then carts and yeah yeah it's tough and then you know like the um the couple of uh boys trips that we've gone on right like neither of those were less than 600 bucks a person no, yeah, for one seriously. weekend. So. Yeah. You string, I mean, I, you string I, I, together I, a couple rounds at a couple decent courses. And all of a sudden you're really, you're really right. Travel a check. lodging, you know, yep. the whole deal. Yeah. You're really writing a check, but I mean, ultimately, like I think it was worth it when we were able to make it happen. I hope we can somehow make it happen next year, but seriously. Uh, all right. I've got one. Booking a tea time. Now I don't this this varies region to region and city to city, but where I'm at right now, it is like very hard to get a tea time. Especially when like if you're on a schedule where you know you might not know like which dates are gonna work and which days aren't until it's like the week before. And then all the tea times are already taken and say, Okay, well, looks like I'm gonna be able to play golf on this day. It's like then you look and it's like can't get out if I wanted to. Yeah. So that is true. Dude, how about I have this these courses near me that so the other day I was like trying to get a list comprised of all the courses around here and like their prices. So I could kind of like reference um what I wanted to play on certain days because I'll be playing a lot of golf, whatever, when I'm around here. Um, and there's a couple courses around here that I go on their website and under their T under their green fees it says we use the standard practice of uh what did they say it basically like different times of the day and different days of the month like rounds are worth more because of demand they're like the standard practice of supply and demand in the greens fee industry 
which I was like, first of all, that's not a standard practice. Pretty much every course just has a greens fee that they set like for a weekday and for the weekend. Yeah. Like they have the rule. So I'm like, this is weird. So I go on like the, I open it to see like what it costs, the greens fees. And I'm scrolling through the page and it like, it literally varies. All these slots are different. It like would vary from like 47 to like $83 as I scroll down the page. And there was like five Depending or six on different the actual prices. time. Yeah. Yep. And there was like five I mean, or I've six of, different I've heard levels. Of twilight rates. Yes. No, this was like, it was like peak time. That's, I don't know. It was that's really crazy. Weird. Yeah. I had never seen. And just, it was on their website. They said, we use the standard practice of supply and demand for teeth for time rates. I'm like, I've never seen this before in my life. And I've played a lot of rounds of golf. So I don't know what standard uh, you guys are on, but. But uh, also booking tea times just in general is always a hassle, like online or calling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think they have, I don't think they've figured it out yet. They haven't figured it out quite yet. They're still working on that. Yeah. And by they just like the golf industry as a whole. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I don't think they've done it yet. Um, let's see. Man, I just like golf a lot, I guess, what I'm really realizing about myself. Um, This is kind of a nuanced thing, but, you know, like the the golf bro, like D-bag kind of guy? Elaborate. Just, like, has a lot of expensive stuff and acts like golf is, like, their thing. Like okay. that's just their personality. It's just like I don't know. Like they I just they're missing the point to me. But all right. I've met some of those and uh really toots my horn, really grinds my gears. Okay. Fair. Um now this is one that that's like I don't know, it's slightly self-critical because I probably play into this industry being as popular as it is, but like YouTube instructors. And again, like I'm kind of guilty of this because I'm kind of a golf swing nerd. So like over the years, like I've learned a lot about like the biomechanics of the golf swing and like, you know, I could, I could probably do some pretty detailed breakdowns of like, you know, tour player swings and like why it works so good and everything. Um, But now there's like a lot of, you know, YouTube instructors out there who, you know, they're always teaching about the golf swing. And, and then like, you know, every other video is like this new move, you know, is like the magic move. You got to do this with your elbow or like do this in the release or like, you know, like do this with your hips or whatever. It's like, listen, I get it. They're playing the algorithm, right? Like, yeah. If they had found the magic move by now, right. You know, they wouldn't still be making money because of making videos, right? Like there's no magic move, but, um, so I guess, I guess just that and like, there's nothing wrong with golf instruction. Like, you know, people need lessons, but it's like, it's, it works a lot better if you have like a coach who understands like the limitations of your body and what's going to actually help you play better golf. 
rather than yeah. like, you know, trying to make your swing look like it's in certain positions because people on YouTube told you this is a good position to be yeah, in. And it's a little bit like, I don't know. It's like if you were trying to like become stronger and then you saw a YouTube video on like only doing squats. It's like, well, you kind of have to lift your whole body. You can't just do this. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, you have to kind of figure it out for you, whatever. But I have a couple specific things um, that I have a real beef with in the golf world are um, we've been over this one before, but playing on punched greens, which actually I'm kind of starting to get over because when I, I just like, I don't know, like you got to punch your greens to keep them in shape and it, it's just kind of bad luck, but it always sucks when you're on punched greens. But mm-hmm. something I really have beef with is, is ranges with mats only. Ha ha ha. Yes. Yeah. Why did that ever become, I get it, kind of get it, but only mats? Like, come on, give me some, it's just. Like, yeah, it's, it's tough. It has become out of control. Like Mm -hmm. there, there are some ranges that are mats only, and that's just like how they were built. They have very limited space. Like there might be a net around the thing. Like they're just trying to, you know, they don't have room for a T-box where you have to move, you know, which it's understandable, but like, it's still, yeah, my, my, my home course I grew up at and it's not alone. There's a lot of courses like this. They have perfectly viable grass hitting zones but then on the back of it they just installed mats like this year yeah and now like most days it's mats only i do it's like i just dude like i've been hitting range there for like darn near two decades and uh now all of a sudden i have to hit off mats yeah even though there's there's plenty of grass it's so annoying and it's like i'd rather hit off like pretty bare grass. Like, just give me a little grass, you know? Just give me I earth. Don't, literally, I'd rather hit off sand than off of mats. Yeah. You don't hit off mats on the course. You do hit off sand sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like turf interaction is a big part of the strike. Yes. Oh, yeah. I just, oh, man. I don't like it at all. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, I had one. I didn't write it down, so I can't remember right the second one thing is just like losing your ball like sure you know like when you not 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 out of bounds not in high grass or whatever like right in the rough or just like right in some like light trees and you just can't find it yeah that's That's, the worst that's one especially if you're having like a good round because it's like like really it's very fair if you just drop on kind of where it was and play it but if you're having a good round you can't honestly put it maybe you shoot four under you'd be like well like it wasn't i guess 100 percent legit because i lost yeah, this ball here. yeah when in, in reality it's like well i don't know you didn't need to lose it. it didn't have to happen like that but yeah something else i don't like is that like every course won't let you bring your own cooler. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I guess you're a business. It's like bringing a cooler to a restaurant, but at the same time, it's not really. No, it's not. It's like, I, so I, I'm a big proponent of sneaking a cooler into the golf course. Facts. Big time. I was in the uh, market for a golf bag over these past few months. I got one now, but uh, there was one 
forget what brand it was. But like Jones one of the has a one of the one of the big uh one of the big marketing points for this bag was like you can fit six cans of beer in it or something. Like they, I think I know, and they I think showed, I know what you're talking and, about. And they showed you I can't remember what brand it was. I think it's the Jones bag. It's possible it was, but and it was like, like the, they, one of they the main showed you like how you, like a, how you can fit six and it's yeah. like a cooler pocket too. Yep. It's got the reflective stuff in there and yeah. Sick. That'd, That'd be a heavy a golf bag. Yeah. That's a cart bag for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I have one. It's uh, this is from the world of professional golf, which I follow quite closely. Um, whether they're complaining about pay or just doing everything and they can to like milk every cent out of everything. Like, you know, we'll talk about this in a future episode probably, but like, you know, can't lay in Shoffley, like saying that we should be paid to play in the Ryder cup. Like just like everything's about like making more money. It's like, it just comes off as so tone deaf Mm-mm. And it really bugs me because, like, dude, do you understand the amount of money that I've spent on, like, you know, whether it's just like playing great golf courses or like, like we literally pay to play in tournaments at the amateur level. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yet they're just like, no, you know, I we need to be making more money. Yeah. When, when they're a, when they're already overvalued. Like, yeah. When they're like they're like as far as like free market goes, like they're already overvalued. Like if you compare what Scotty Scheffler made this year, like versus like what some NFL players made this, like, you know, and sort of like compared him like with someone who makes the same amount of money and just yeah. asked like the random average sports fan, like if they know Scotty Scheffler or Jared Goff, you know, like I don't know, it's just well, yeah. Anyone asking for money for more money from doing what they do, it's just like you better have, especially at the top of the game like that. Like if, if it's that. if it's like mini tour guys who are like you know trying to survive and just make it on the pro circuit and like look, it's like okay, but like how many millions of dollars are some of these guys making in sponsorships already yeah. and like winnings yeah, he's, and he's doing like all all, right, yeah. all all of this stuff and you know it's just like we need to be paid more. It's like yeah. Man, that bugs me, especially when, you know, really the heart of golf is the amateur, right? I mean, the pros, that's such a small percentage of golf at mm-hmm. large, right? And like, for sure, amateurs yeah. were the ones paying to play golf. And then, you know, even the smaller subset of that people that play in tournaments, like paying to play in the tournament, like I'm not going to win any money from the tournament. I just like the competition of it mm-hmm. and like want to test my game against other competitive players. Yeah. That's the heart of it. That's the soul. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that was one, that's, that's one thing. Those, yeah. those clowns wanting more money when they're, Seriously. then they already have more than they or their kids or grandkids could ever know what to do with. Um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't bring this up in this segment, but uh, being behind a slow group. Yeah. Or with a slow player, just slow play. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care how good or bad you are. I don't care. And to some level, like if you don't fix your pitch marks or don't rake your bunkers, I can forgive you on. Like I don't like be like okay, buddy. Like maybe rake your maybe rake the bunker and fix these stuff. But like I don't it doesn't make me upset. But slow play, just oh man. Yeah, and especially like if it's not a tournament, right? Like 
Yeah. Like, yeah, like if you're just playing casually and your ball ends up in a, in a footprint in the bunker, it's like, just yeah. fucking move it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's ju- 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 just move it out of there. Yeah. But sure. <laughs> actually in a tournament this summer, I think in the pro-am, uh, my ball actually ended up right in like just a massive, like, you know, someone when they dug their foot in the bunker mm-hmm. and, uh, and then there was a huge backup on the next tee. And I was like, you guys, uh, one of you guys end up in the bunker last hole. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, Thanks for raking. It's like right in your massive footprint. <laughs> but that did happen to me in a tournament oh, actually, God. which, which sucks. I could just add that to the list of beef, but very specific, beef. but Yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying. Or like if you're if there's like a huge like crater in your way on the green, it's like just move your ball. Like if you're not playing yeah. in a tournament. Yeah. Like it's and like if you're that stuff doesn't really like it's like, yeah. okay, buddy, what are we doing? But I don't it doesn't bother me. Yeah, but. it's like it's definitely definitely like courteous to wreck the bunker, yeah, but it's just here but well, they're probably gonna get raked tomorrow morning by the crew. Yes, exactly. They for sure. Here's a this is kind of off topic, but um we have these conversations with the guys I work with a lot because I've always thought it's interesting that if your ball, here's another beef I have is your, your ball going in a divot in the fairway you have to play yeah. it. Right. Yeah. I always thought it's interesting that you have to play it in a divot in a fairway, but you're expected to have every bunker lie raked perfectly when you're in it. Yeah. That's interesting. So I I'm mean, team, I'm team stop raking bunkers altogether. Ooh, that's a hot take. You could have some really, really bad lies. Yeah. I'm that's but and you'd have to have a lot firmer sand than what we have on the You'd have to have firmer sand and there would have to be a rule against like digging your feet in. Like I know like if it's a full swing. I don't don't think you would because like you've been in waste bunkers before, right? Yeah. And it's just like it's just like a chaotic mass of kind of firm sand. You know, there's a lot of good golf shots. I mean, that end up in bunkers, and you would just hate to see it like penalized to where like you cannot advance the ball. I, yeah, but I just like obviously this is a pretty speculative right now, but I don't think it would be like that. I think a plugged lie in the bunker is worse than going in someone's footprint in a waste bunker. Depends on the footprint, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like I'm 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 imagining like I'm imagining like green side like these people really really dug in. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, kind of a tangent. That, that was funny. Like that is not the way I thought you were going to go on that because you're like, oh yeah, like we rake bunkers and can't move it from the fairway. So I'm team. Like I definitely thought you were going to say we should be able to move like, it out of divots. Out. You're like yeah. I'm team no raking no, bunkers. Play it as it lies. I can't believe we rake bunkers. Like, it blows my mind that we rake bunkers. It's a bunker. I'm fine with it. I I think you could just end up with, yeah. I think you could. I, I think I honestly think a big part of it is, in your mind, you're picturing two respect sand. And I think if it was just like more like dirt like or just sandy like, you wouldn't have those sort of depressions that you would get from digging your feet in. I think the sand is too soft. There's too much sand. Yeah. Well, it's too. I think it's too soft. Yeah. Um. See, like, I've always thought, you know, moving it out of a divot is like, I wish there was a way that you you could figure out to make it work just because 
hitting a perfect golf shot like should be rewarded. And if you hit it right down the middle of the fairway and end up in like a super deep divot that someone just didn't yeah. replace, like uh it's definitely fair, you know, but that's it's it's yeah. definitely not not but more fair. often than not, the fairway still is the best place to hit it. Yeah, yeah, but it's just you know, you never want to see like the hallmark of a good golf course design is that bad shots are are punished and good shots are rewarded and so like that's definitely one take when there's yeah when there's a good shot that's like penalized that's that's where it's tough but it would be so hard to come up with a way to make that work because you know where do you draw the line and what's determined to be a divot and exactly how how old can it be and and you also don't want to go too far to where it's like you know you want to have still have some randomness in it Honestly, this might be an atrocious take, and who knows? Like, if I'll feel the same about this tomorrow, why not just do lift clean in place all the way in the fairway? Yeah, at all times. I mean, it's it's that's what I used to think until I thought about it more, and then I'm like, why are we raking bunkers? I'm a big play it down, play it as it lies. Um, I mean, like, I in my mind, it could make sense to where like if you're in the fairway, you could get lift clean in place at all times. Yeah, and then and that, that would that would that would solve the divot thing. It's not it's not a bad it's not a bad it's not a bad take, but I just think, like I think the rule plays it played as it lies is so so at the heart of golf. That's just, is, yeah, is more at the heart of golf than getting a yeah. good fairway. I had to plank it off, played off Frankenstein's fat foot. Remember? <laughs> but I I still I still am blown away that we rake bunkers. I don't. You get a perfect lie every time you're in a bunker. Do you um like what from a design perspective, like what do you think of bunkers? Like, do you do you think they're used too much? Do you think like do you think designers could be more creative in figuring out ways to penalize that don't include bunkers? Or yeah. like what's your I think I definitely think they're used too much. Specifically, I think greenside bunkers are used too much. I love fairway bunkers because they stop the motion of the ball. You know, like if you hit it in a bunker, it won't roll out. So it hurts you for distance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a trickier lie to hit out of now. You might have a lip in your way. Um, but most play people can still get a club on the ball and advance it. Um, and it like if you even if you're a really good player, you'd much rather be in the fairway than in, in a fairway bunker. Yeah, a little bit slippier on your feet. You know, you just have to really crisp cut it, catch it crisp. I th- I love fairy bunkers. I think they're actually underutilized, but I think greenside bunkers are used too much to the point where like I could pros agree with are that part aiming. For sure. Pros are aiming to go in bunkers. Yep. Um, they're so good out of them. They'd rather be in there than in the rough. The bunker shot is a lot less of an exciting shot than like. Uh, 30 yard pitch where some slope is involved. If if there's, if there's good undulation around the green. Yes, exactly. And it it almost brings, it almost like there's less of a gap between a very accomplished player and an amateur. Cause like some, like some amateurs struggle so mightily from bunkers that like they would much rather see the ball. Like even if it's a really tough up and down, but just like on grass. Yeah, totally. Like even if it's like a, a shaved area, like, Especially um, if you have a bunker you have to get some height out of. 
Yeah. So like, therefore, you know, more amateurs might be able to get the ball on the green, like not get it close, Mm -hmm. but, and then, you know, for accomplished players, it might be, um, it would actually be a harder shot than being in the bunker. So if you want to, it would be more interesting around the greens. You want to make, if you want to bring the, the, the scoring closer together from a high level golfer and a low level golfer, you make, you take bunkers, you make a short, shorter holes, shorter, you know, kind of narrower holes and take greenside bunkers out of play. And all of a sudden the scoring comes way closer. Um, you would probably, I mean, I feel like that would have to be coupled with some more interesting architecture around the greens. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if you just got rid of bunkers, I think everyone would just play a little bit or shoot better. For sure. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is obviously a, a harder task than just getting rid of bunkers. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, I've been, I've been thinking about this actually for years, just about bunkers in general, because they, they just look good and they'll never yeah. go away because they, because they look good, especially yep. in this era of modern golf photography. I mean, you see a drone shot with some pretty bunkers on a nice golf course. It, yeah. Know, it's, it's, it's so pretty, but, I don't like how they play around the green specifically. Um, and I'm not sure exactly the remedy. I think, I think you still use them. You don't take them away, but yeah, whether it's, it's shallower bunkers. I've even heard the idea of like contouring your bunkers. So it's not like a flat floor um, to make it more interesting, but it would be hard to maintain probably. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. It's, it's how do you, how do you make it more, how do you make a greenside bunker more playable for your amateur? Basically it's almost what it boils down to. Um, this has been good. That kind of just leads me like to another question. Um, like, is there, are there any other like common, uh, what's the word? that I'm looking for like techniques in modern or like in golf architecture and I'm doesn't have to be modern you know, like common techniques that you just think are like way overused or think overrated or just like, I don't know, something that like is just overused as far as golf course architecture. Sure. Um, this is, Man. Other than greenside bunkers. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, let's see. I mean, the, the classic course from years, decades ago was, you know, tree-lined like Augusta, big tall trees on the sides of every hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the old greens are, you know, built up in the air. So they're up and uh, away from everything else which push up greens cool. the old push up greens yeah which are cool but i'm not you know the hugest fan the classic donald ross is a green that's up tilted back to front towards you with the bunkers front left and a bunker front right um mm-hmm. and it's like yeah it's a classic it's a go-to it works well um here's here's a couple things i guess one thing that i don't like that's a more of a recent invention is golf courses that are like really 
spread out where you go from hole to hole and you don't really see other parts of the course. Mm-hmm. And I don't know I've always liked the idea of like a course that you're kind of contained in and you're like, Oh yeah, I was just on that hole or it's just more of a quaint feel. I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense. But Probably a better use of space too. Yeah. It feels like a more of a thing. Um, I don't know. Other than honestly, other than greenside bunkers, if I have a real beef with a lot of stuff, you fan there's of, always there's always weird things but what's your favorite um i don't know how many different you know like regions and types of courses that you've played on like in the states but like what's your favorite type of like your your favorite region i guess for golf in the states i was i was just talking to some people um they're saying like you know the sand hills region of nebraska like has some of the best golf yeah. in the country um just like that as an example. Yeah, I've heard that. That course specifically is crazy that the Sand Hills in Mullen, Nebraska. Um, I've heard some things about when Coor and Crenshaw were like designing the course, they like it, it's such a good plot of land, they almost didn't want to do it. Cause it's like no matter how you do it, you're like, oh, I should have done it that way. I should have put a hole that way. I should have put a hole here. Like it's mm-hmm. almost so good whatever you do, you're going to be like, Oh man, we really, we messed something up. But, um, I mean the golf and the sand Hills of Piners, North Carolina was pretty phenomenal. I think there's a reason that there's like 40 courses within an eight mile, uh, circle of each other. Mm-hmm. That's tough to beat. The land is great. Uh, the courses looked pretty. They played well. Um, but I don't know. It's tough to beat an Oceanside round too. True. Um, have you played any like, uh, right on the ocean other than like the ocean course? Um, don't think so. I think Ocean Course might be the only one. Probably shouldn't say that. I probably should think about it, but I can't remember looking any at, others. Looking at pictures of Sand Hills right now. Well, I played. I played. Uh, I got Pines, it. which is borderline not on the ocean. You can see the ocean from it, though. Yeah, dude. That's. I mean, that's like top of my bucket list right now. Sand Hills. Yeah. What's the one in Wisconsin? Sand Valley. Sand Valley. Mm-hmm. There's some, yeah. Like a lot of times I get asked a lot, like what, what are some of your favorite courses you've ever played? And like, I kind of think like, I really haven't played that many great courses. You know, like that sure. people talk about. Yeah. Like I've played a lot of golf. Yeah. But. You've played some cool places. You've played like, some famous places, but not places I would say are really great. Right. And like, that's why, like, like I mentioned earlier, like Hazeltine, I don't mention that ever. Like if someone asks like, what are some, like, it's a, it's a course where the pros have played. It's a, it's a big property. It's good for like big events, but it's not a great course. No, no, for sure. 
as far as like, you know, golf architecture nerds. Yeah. You know, like no one's going to, it's a big property, like built for hosting big events. It's, That's it's, cool. it's really well suited for getting people around and having people watch yep. golf. Yep. Yeah. The course is not, it's not great. Like there's a reason they don't host like us opens at pine Valley. Like some, some venues aren't made <laughs> yeah, for it. No, even if it's the best it. course in the country. Couldn't do it. So, um, anything else? This hasn't been bad. Kind of chill. No. Um, let's see. Do you have any, uh, winter plans to still hit balls inside or do you do anything in the winter? I have decent simulator access. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'll have, I'll be hitting, I'll be making swings relatively yeah. regularly, but, uh, I don't know. Probably won't be playing a lot of like rounds on simulators or whatever. Just like mm-hmm. making swings here and there. That's making sure I can feel the club face hitting the ball. That's about Keep, it. Keeping her tuned up. Yeah. I'm hoping to play a little bit better in tournaments next year than I did this year. This year was a little disappointing, but that's just, I guess, how it goes. I don't, I don't want to admit it or face it, but I might have hit like the other side of the slope when it comes to getting yeah. better. You've peaked basically what you're saying. It's possible. It's yeah. possible. My, my golf game is, well, it's past its peak form. I'm going to, I'm, I'm nowhere near practice. as good as I was my junior and senior year of college. I've still played a decent amount. Well, I guess you probably didn't throughout the summer play at all. I've really. definitely gone down. Yeah. It's like maybe once a week I get out enough to like stay dangerous, but I mean, it's like if if I was able to go like three or four weeks where I was able to play a lot, like three, four times a week, I feel like I could get in a really good groove. But like, yeah, you know, when when you feel like it's two or three weeks between every time you play 18 holes, it's like it's so hard to get in a rhythm, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so I'll still play a few tournaments next year, you know, try to. There's a there's a Sodak Cup that I would love to play in someday. It's like a uh, twelve PGA pros versus like twelve amateurs in the state. That would I'd love to play in that someday. But that'd be cool. Yeah, you gotta you gotta earn points in the amateur events. Yeah. Well, if you get so, bored and you want to, uh, you know, hop on a little uh, flight down to Georgia, let me know. I'd house you up for free. We could play some golf. Going down to Florida in December. Are you really? Yeah, not golfing though. Mm. Flying down? Yes. Nice. Well, that'll be fun. But yeah, yeah, we we'll have a. Still haven't set like a date or time or anything, but we'll do the the trainee awards for the year. Been working on those. That should be yeah. a fun episode. Keep a lookout. Um, That's always a banger. That that is a good one. I have I have some good ones cooking. Yeah. So I'll have to get a list going. Um that's always fun. That's yeah, I, I wasn't exactly sure when we were gonna do it. I was told last episode that we we're gonna move it back to December. So Yeah, that was the word. Yeah. <laughs> so I might have to just stick with that because that was a that was a good lyric. Mm. Cool. All right. Well, it was a pleasure, man. 
Are you gonna be uh are you gonna be a little yes. more regular now that you're not, you know, designing all of the next top one hundred courses? Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. I actually just got in touch with the uh there's a crew in Florida actually building a course right now. So I might be swinging over there and putting a couple of weeks in before Christmas. So who knows? Just uh giving them your opinion. Yeah, they need they need uh they need a real a real architect to consult on the uh you're designing job, nine so. of the holes yourself yeah. <laughs> this course actually is uh it's 18 replicas of tom's favorite holes from around the world wow so the i've seen courses that have that have replica holes yeah so the guy that's the lead on it is like one of the uh most well-known like digital golf course guys basically he's done a lot of work with digital courses and like using uh gps dozers so there's a bunch of um gps dozer work i'm not exactly sure what they're doing but they have it all like he i he showed me the course i met he i've seen it on his computer he opens up his computer which is like it's running like windows 75 you know back from when the world was black and white the thing you know, he's got to dial up his internet. He's calling a guy to get, he's got three cables running in, but he opens his program up and it looks like Microsoft paint from back when you were in elementary school, but it's got the whole golf course. It's crazy. It's super cool. But apparently he like, just like clicks away and then the bulldozers like know where they're going and they just kind of like carve out the course from the, that's incredible. It's pretty crazy. So part of me just wants to see that because I've never, seen that in person but so we'll see if i don't we'll be on the bogey train for uh for at least a while i wonder like at what point someone's gonna like work with one of the course designers on pga 2k yeah and like bring one to life that'd be so cool that'd be crazy i'm sure if this if the software i saw I mean, it is a real thing. I'm sure that they could easily find a way to transfer. Well, you know, uh, have you heard about the Lido? The Lido? Yeah. I've been to Lido Beach in Florida. I don't know if that's related at all. You should look up, you should look up the Lido because they pretty much did that, actually. Check it out on like YouTube. Um, As in like L-I-D-O? L-I-D-O, yep, the Lido. Okay. Um, but there's this guy... I think his name is like Peter Laurie or something, but basically he got like obsessed with this old course that got shut down almost a hundred years ago. Um, a CB McDonald masterpiece. Um, and like, he like pieced together, pieced it together on some sort of golf video game using old photographs. And then this guy that's working in Florida now transferred it into his program and they, and they built it. Um, they rebuilt it Whoa. in real life, but it's a cr- pretty crazy story. I'll have to look at that. Definitely check it out. Yeah, I will. Delito. Super interesting. But all right, man. Well, until next time. This was good. Been fun. Been fun. Uh, stay on the bogey train to stay off the bogey train. I don't know. Still haven't uh, still haven't mastered the outro, but that's nobody. Nobody knows. One of these years. No. Thanks for listening. I just got stuck in a bogey train. Mm -hmm.